following program is brought to you in living color on dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcast. The Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Keezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. This is going to be a union men's hockey-centric uh, podcast. Uh, we're going to have some interviews uh, later on uh, as we preview the uh, Cornell and Colgate weekend, the road games that wrap up the uh, ECAC hockey regular season with union Still in the hunt for a first-round bye for the ECAC Hockey Tournament, but it's going to be kind of a tough road. As we mentioned, they go to Cornell and Colgate this weekend. Uh, we'll talk with um, Ben Tupker, Caden uh, Viegas, and Cullen Ferguson from uh, Tuesday's Media Availability. There'll be a lot of commentary on this podcast uh, with Union Hockey and not re- with regards to their play at all, but just uh, – Event that happened last Friday night, uh, the reunion of uh, the celebration of the 2014 National Championship team. And what's going to be in store down the road with the uh, announcement that the deal is finalized uh, for the uh, new facility at Mohawk Harbor beginning in the 2025-26 season. I'm going to offer suggestions of what Union should do uh, you know, to, to celebrate the final season of Mesa, next, Mesa Rink next year. But uh, let's talk about... Um, the uh, 10th anniversary of the uh, Union uh, Championship season, the NCAA title. Uh, I know they're going to have a, a bigger celebration July 20th uh, with the uh, golf outing at Eagle Crest Golf Club and then uh, watching the championship game, the 7-4 victory over Minnesota. Going to be on the big screen at Mohawk Harbor. Um, eight player, eight, Seven players and uh, um, one team manager came back for last Friday's celebration, um, Jeff Taylor, Cole Icola, Kevin Sullivan, Matt Hatch, Colin Stevens, Nick Cruz, and uh, Teo DePauli were the players that were back. And uh, team manager Phil Cohn uh, was also back. So it was great to see them all. But um, I, I just think that they had a nice ceremony. They introduced the players uh, between the during the first intermission. Uh, Cole Icola came out uh, with the NCAA championship trophy. Uh, dropped the opening for the uh, uh, face-off ceremonial face-off. Um, uh, players, those players signed autographs, mingled with the fans uh, during the second intermission. Uh, there was a reception before the game. Um, I was down there for a little bit, uh, but I just think the way this happened didn't happen as it should have. I don't think the uh, the preparation was made uh, properly. Uh, I was told of this from that this was going to happen by uh, athletic director Jim McLaughlin uh, during the uh, when I was over there for the uh, introductory press conference for new union football coach John Drock. So that was the first that there was any talk about uh, getting the the, the uh, 2014 team back together. And it seemed, you know, kind of a you know, thrown together. Uh, you, 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 you sort of announced it in January, but. You only have really a month to prepare and try to get guys. And there's guys that we know who are not going to be able to come back. You know, Shane Gossesbear playing uh, for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, Mike Vecchioni playing for the Hershey Bears, uh, Matt Bodie and Daniel Champini both playing overseas. So I think we knew those guys would not make it. Hopefully they'll make it back for the, uh, the golf outing uh, in July. But, um, yeah, it seems to I me mean, – they didn't announce who was coming back. 
And that, that bug, bugs me a little bit because they could have promoted this thing better uh, with uh, letting us know who, who the players are coming back. If they, if they knew who some of these players back, you know, get it out there. I was told that, that there would be an announcement, you know, you know keep, keep looking up the union social media channels. There was nothing on the union social media channels about uh, who was coming. So yeah, you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot by not announcing. I mean, the fans would like to know. They deserve to know. Um, not, I was not able to really get much interviews with uh, the returnees. I managed to talk to Matt Hatch, and I was in the middle of uh, starting to talk with Nick Cruz when I was politely asked to leave the reception uh, because there, there was no media availability. Uh, but again, I mean, another reporter who was with me at Saturday's uh, Union game against Dartmouth, he, he told me that you know, he would have come over Friday if they had known if he had known who was going to be there, and he didn't. And that's, I think Union really dropped the puck there. And I'm not going to say dropped the ball because we're not using the ball, but we'll say dropped the puck. Uh, there was so much, there's so much that they could have done at the start of the season. I mean, to me, they could have organized this thing during the summer. And they knew this was going to be the 10th year, 10 year anniversary. Um, why, why wait till January to, to, um, to uh, you know, organize this thing? I mean, I mean, I, I said in my uh, final horn column that appeared in, uh, Online Monday and the Tuesday's Daily Gazette day late, uh, but that was for, for spacing purposes in the paper. Um, I thought that I said maybe I was get cynical in my old age, but it just seemed like you know, this could have been done better. And, and I had a people, couple of people agree with me. I mean, uh, uh, Ryan Fay, who used to cover the uh, team back in uh, during those glory years when he had the uh, Garnet Hockey uh, Report blog. Uh, he, he wrote when, uh, when I posted my story on LinkedIn. Um, they also had a 10-year logo. So they had a great 10-year logo. Why wasn't that displayed at the start of the season? I mean, put that, I mean, put that on the ice somewhere. Put that on the patches. Uh, put patches on, you know, on the uh, jerseys or put it on the boards. Put it somewhere on the boards. Um, and you know, Ryan wrote uh, the 10-year logo, which looks great. Why haven't they slapped that on a T-shirt or hat and sold that all year? If they, and he said, if they had, I haven't seen it. They haven't, Ryan. So you, you're, you're, you know, you know what's going on there. So um, it seems like a huge merchandising opportunity lost, and some of that stuff just seems like low such hanging fruit. You're right, Ryan. There's no doubt they really could have, uh, really made some money off of this. This would have been a great opportunity to sell that. Now they can't. It's it's really it's passed them by. Um, I mean, if they they may do something. With that at the uh, golf outing, but I, I doubt it at this point. I mean, that's that's something that um, they they missed. That was a golden opportunity, and just uh, they dropped dropped the puck on that one. Uh, Brian Wood uh, posted on Facebook. Um, he says he agrees. He says you're certainly not being cynical in your old age. I thought the in quotes and puts and quotes celebration could have been a lot better, as well as the fan experience for most of the season. I know they may have not known who was coming back well in advance, but for the ones who did make an effort, how about a short video montage of a few highlights of their playing days while they were announcing them during the intermission instead of showing silent highlights of the first period? Uh, patches on the jerseys, at least for the weekend, would have been ni- a nice touch. Uh, the logo they came up was very was very nice, and the only place we saw it was on the uh, quote-unquote rally towel and video board. Uh, how about throwing it on some merchandise to sell? And he agrees with Ryan there, uh, Ryan Fay. It seemed like it was a kind of thrown together at the last minute. Hopefully we see a better celebration for this team in July. The team deserves it. Uh, you're right, Brian. I mean, it's 
I, I made the video for because they went with the um, when Eric McDowell was the sports information director, they did a, a media tour of the trophy, and my uh, ugly mug got up there. I'm surprised the video board didn't uh, crack or the scoreboard fall down uh, with my uh, ugly mug up there. That's when I had a goatee back in the day. But uh, um, yeah, they, they did show highlights of the uh, uh, ECAC hockey uh, championship round up in Lake Placid. They showed uh, highlights of the um, – NCAA East Regional in Bridgeport, and they showed the uh, semi- national semifinal against Boston College and the championship game that took place um, after the warm up. The championship game highlights um, uh, on this video board uh, that uh, they showed that, and I, I have to admit, uh, you know, standing there watching it from the press box, and it just brought back some uh, wonderful memories and. It was a little emotional because I, I, I go back to that 10 years ago because that was the 40-year anniversary of the uh, right around there, the Flyers winning their first Stanley Cup across the street. Uh, uh, the uh, Union won its uh, championship in the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, across the street, used to, uh, across the parking lot, used to be the Spectrum where the Flyers uh, played. And uh, we had season tickets for many years there. Uh, that carried over to the Wells Fargo Center until, unfortunately, my father passed away after the 1996-97 season of a rare brain disease. But uh, I was in the building on May 19, 1974, when the Flyers won the Stanley Cup. And then 40 years later, to experience what I experienced watching Union, covering Union, winning a national championship there in my hometown, it just, yeah, it just was a... A full circle coming back, uh, just you know, my whole hockey life, uh, be, being a Flyers fan all these years, and you know, witnessing greatness in Philadelphia there, and you know, the Broad Street Bullies, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get wanted to get in the sports business because of what you know, the Flyers did and, and the Phillies did, and, and during my uh, growing you know, years growing up in Philadelphia, the Eagles and the Sixers. Uh, so. It, to see Union win that, because at that time, no athletic scholarships. They beat a Minnesota team that had NHL draft picks, athletic scholarships, and won 7-4. to um, That was a great moment in Union hockey history. Um, like I said, they, I mean, they could have done a lot better with this celebration. And I think uh, maybe 10 years from now, they'll do a lot better. But at, um, I, I just wish they could have done more. I really do. I mean, it, it seemed... Rushed, and it shouldn't have been rushed. I mean, this should have been planned out back in the summertime because they knew what was coming. This was the 10-year anniversary. It just seemed like uh, uh, they sort of, uh, you know, really didn't do much with it until really (laughs) it was a squeeze there in January when the announcement came out. So we'll see what happens in July with the golf outing and the uh, celebration uh, with the, the watching the championship game at Mohawk Harbor. And maybe by that time, the ground will be broken on the new arena, and we'll see some uh, some steel uh, structures uh, going up, and uh, maybe people can take a walk by there to see uh, the progress of the construction of the new Mohawk Harbor Arena. And we'll talk about that in just a moment, and we'll reflect on what, not reflect, we'll just talk, you know, I'll give some advice to what Union should do next season with the final year of Messer Inc. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. If you really want to know what's going on in your community, you have to read the Daily Gazette. We don't take a side. We're right down the middle, and we're going to get to the truth. Our reporters and photographers are out in the field bringing you updates every minute with trust, accuracy, and integrity. From the first page to the last page, independent, probing, 
journalism. We're finding out what's going on in the community where nobody else is covering. It's who we are. It's what we do. Want to get all the latest news from the Daily Gazette on your phone or tablet? We have an app for that. The Daily Gazette app allows you to read all the newspaper stories and columns from our dedicated team of journalists. The app is free. You can download the app from the Apple or Google app stores. Hi, this is Union Men's Hockey alum, Charlie Moxham. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor, Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we just uh, talked about uh, the 10-year anniversary of Union Men's Hockey's National Championship. And now let's look ahead to the future of Union Hockey. And uh, coming up in 2025-26, the men's and women's teams, along with the club hockey team, will have a new home down at Mohawk Harbor. The deal was finalized uh, on Monday. Uh, it's been a couple, few years in the making, and it really got going a couple of years ago when uh, State Assemblyman uh, Angelo Santa Barbara got uh, funding from the state, $10 million. And it just took some time and patience, and, uh, and finally the um, I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, and uh, we're going to see a, a new rink in Schenectady in 2025-26, uh, a 22-seat facility. I know some people are saying, why not more? But... Uh, you know, the team's averaging maybe about 1,900, 2,000 fans. And there's going to be standing room probably. So I, I think that'll add to the capacity. So it, it'll be nice, a nice facility, seats. Uh, people can actually have back support on their seats. So and for me personally, the press box is going to be on the side. So I'm, I can't wait for that. Um, but, of course, that means that with a new rink, it means an end of an era at Mesa Rink, which uh, first opened in 1975 as Achilles Rink. Um, the first hockey game played there was in 19, December, uh, December of 1975 when Union hosted the University of Ottawa. Um, there's been a lot of great teams over the years. You know, the Union started out Division Two and went Division Three. played for a national championship in 1984 uh, under you know, head coach Charlie Morrison. Uh, the program moved to Division One in 1991 under Bruce Delventhal. And at the time of the announcement, um, then school president Roger Hull said that the hockey program will not be treated any differently than the other Division Three programs. And he was right. Uh, they didn't get much help uh, from uh, – there was no financial aid, you know, what they can do now. Obviously, they have the athletic scholarships now, which they didn't back in 1991. It was tough to recruit. But in year three of Division One, uh, the Dutchman uh, made the ECAC hockey tournament for the first time, finishing in sixth place and got to play RPI in the quarterfinals. And it was a memorable quarterfinal. Actually, Union won game one of that series, but then RPI uh, overpowered Union in the final two games of that series. Union got to the playoffs the next year as a 10th seed, lost to Princeton in the play-in round. Didn't make the playoffs in 95-96. Bruce Delventhal was let go. Stan Moore came in. And Union got back to the tournament and faced RPI again in the quarterfinals. And this time, despite really playing well, they just couldn't uh, score. And uh, RPI ended up uh, sweeping the series. And then yeah, Stan Moore left after the 97-98 season in the dispute. It was, I think it was in August that he left. And that left, uh, you know, he was looking to, for the college to, you know, provide some help. And they still were stubborn about it. Didn't happen. Kevin Snedden takes over, who was the assistant first on the Delventhal and then under Stan. Uh, and the first, Kevin's first year, they only won three games. But they slowly got going, and uh, they, you know, they snuck into the playoffs the next two years. And then 
uh, losing to St. Lawrence both times in the first round. And then uh, in the 12-team format um, in 2002-2003, Union uh, finished with getting home ice in the first round, faced RPI for a third time in the postseason. But again, um, the engineers uh, got the series sweep. And then Kevin uh, left for Vermont, and uh, Nate Lehman came in, who was an assistant at Harvard, and he took the program to the next level, got the uh, Dutchman into the ECAC tournament championship game in 2010, lost to Cornell. And then the following year, uh, they won their first uh, regular season title, uh, did not get to the ECAC hockey tournament, lost in three games to Colgate in the quarterfinals. A little bit of controversy as uh, there was an interference call not called by uh, the referees. Uh, you know, Colgate uh, came on the winning goal. And then um, Union lost to Minnesota Duluth in the uh, East Regional. That was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Shortly after that, uh, Nate left for uh, Princeton, and uh, Rick Bennett, the associate head coach, took over. And that first year, he was the head coach. The uh, team won the ECAC uh, regular season, won the ECAC hockey tournament, and then got to the Frozen Four and lost to Ferris State in the uh, semifinals down in Tampa. Uh, Union didn't win the regular season title in 2013, but did win the tournament in Atlantic City and then uh, you know, ended up losing. They beat Boston College in the East Regional in Providence, semi, the semifinal game, and then lost to uh, Quinnipiac uh, in the championship game. Of course, then 2014, uh, we know what happened there. Um, yeah, Nate, uh, Rick left under some tough circumstances in the, in the middle of the 20. Uh, 2021-22 season, uh, John Ronan took over as an interim head coach, and then Josh Algy came in um, April of 2022, and he's been the head coach ever since. And of course, yeah, since he took over, the, the the program now has athletic scholarships. They're phasing them in. So it, yeah, it's been a fun time in Mesa. It's been great, some great memories at Mesa Rink. Now this is where I get, get to offer some suggestions to Union on how they should treat the uh, final season of hockey at Messerink. They they got to have a patch for that. I mean, let's let's get let's get a you know, farewell season patch 1975 to 2025. That's uh, and I mean, I think also why not wear some different uniforms uh, from that you know, all those years from Union. I know that when the 25th anniversary of Division One um, happened for Union, they went back their first game that season. They had went retro with uh, the a replica of the uniforms they wore during the 1991-92 season, uh, the first year of Division One hockey at Union. So something like that. I mean, there's they've had so many uniforms over the years. Uh, I like to see that happen. Um, it's I think it's a great idea. Merchandising. Come on, this is you've got to. Get hats, T-shirts, you know, coffee mugs, uh, towels. This, this is a this is a no-brainer. This this stuff, man. That you you can make money off it. You can make lots of money off of this. Um, and you know, bring past players back every game, every home game. This has got to happen. Every home game, bring a player or two back, celebrate their accomplishments. Uh, I know there's probably not video of the 80s and 90s and even the 2000s, but um, yeah, we you got to do something along those lines to um, have this, yeah, bring those players back, especially yeah, the 1984 squad. I mean, uh, I know Steve Baker, goaltender who played for the Rangers. Yeah, I think he'd be happy to come back. And of course, you know, the, you know, players um, in 2000s and like Mario, Mario, Valerie Trabuco and. Um, uh, Adam Przeznik, I mean, uh, guys like that. Michael Lon, who was a goaltender in the first four years of Division One, 
So you, you got to figure out a way to um, get those guys back and uh, just yeah, make it a celebration. Just make it a celebration of um, – uh, uh, the, the union hockey program. I, I think that uh, if I recall correctly, hopefully I'm right. Um, December seventh, nineteen seventy five, was the first game uh, that Union played against the University of Ottawa. December seventh falls on a Saturday this year. Um, that would be fun just to, you know, bring bring the University of Ottawa back. Bring that'd be a hell of a chance, game. It's an exhibition game, yeah. But you know what? This is a celebration. Do it. it Bring them back. Bring see if we get the University of Ottawa to play some ga- game here on the 50th anniversary. That would be oh my goodness. That that'd be uh, a farewell season. That'd be great. And I think uh, I mean I don't know what the schedule is like right now for next season, especially ECAC hockey. But if you if things fall into place, I think Union should be able to. You know, Union's on the road, closing out the, the regular season on the road this year. Um, why not if they close out? The home the regular season at home next year, they they have to, you know, celebrate it that way. I mean, just even you know, said bring players back. That'd be a great chance to bring players back and celebrate. I mean, I know it's going to be senior day as well, but uh, uh, just figure out something. Just figure out something. And then with the opening of Mesa or opening of the Mohawk Harbor in twenty twenty five. I would try my darndest, and I mean, again, we're looking at the schedule, you know, not knowing what the schedule is. Of course, we know the women's uh, season opens a couple weeks ahead of the men, but if there's a way they could um, uh, find a way to have both teams open at um, at the new rink, let's say October 4th, I think. I think October 4th might be the first day they're allowed to, for the men anyway. Why not have a doubleheader? Now have a men's game maybe at two. You have a great ceremony, you know, with the, celebrating the opening of the uh, of the rink, and then you know, women play at five five thirty or reverse it. I mean, I, I'm, um, yeah, I'm. I, I, it doesn't matter to me how that how they do that. I think because um, obviously a lot of focus is going to be on the celebration of opening the rink. And I should mention, and I don't want to sort short change the women, but I mean, unfortunately, they don't have as much of a rich history as the men do. But there's some, you know. Some good players that have been there over the years, and uh, maybe they can, uh, for the, the women's games, they can bring them back as well. And especially, you know, as, you know, like I said, with the uh, final home game or final game, home game for the regular season in 2024 25, you know, um, uh, have you know, players come back for that as well. Like, like I said, senior day also takes precedence uh, on that day. So, a lot, really, a lot to think about for Union. And I think I, they have to. Start on this. I think they got to start on this now. They can't be messing around here. They got to get uh, make calls, e- send emails, get this organized now. Um, you know, you want to have this done right. You don't want to have it, you know, seem rushed like the ten uh, year anniversary celebration was uh, last Friday. Let you know, let it get it get organized. See who can come back and and merchandise sell. You mean you can make tons of money. People will buy stuff. They will buy, sell you know, the Messerink um, logo, uh, the, the farewell season. They'll, they'll, they'll eat it up. They'll, they will eat it up. You will make money like crazy. Do it. Don't wait. Don't let this opportunity slide by like you did with the 10-year anniversary. Um, it's a shame 
that uh, they missed a merchandising opportunity with that. But farewell season of, of uh, Mesa, you got to get, get going on this right now. And you know, don't wait. Uh, this should be a summer should be a summer long project for the Union Athletic Department. So there was my uh, thoughts on that. And uh, coming up, we'll uh, preview the Union uh, men's and uh, men's weekend as they get set to play at Cornell and Colgate. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast. I love playing sports, especially for my school. And that's because school sports are special. It's where it's safe to fail. It's where we're taught resilience, where our fear becomes confidence. It's where we learn to get back up after every fall. School sports are where 7.8 million students go from I can't to I can. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is RPI Men's Hockey Head Coach Dave Smith. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Welcome back to the podcast where we continue our look at Union Men's Hockey. This time let's talk about the wrap-up of the regular season uh, this coming weekend. Uh, Union goes to Cornell and Colgate. A lot on the line for the Garnet Chargers. Um, they're in sixth place right now, two points out of the uh, Final uh, first-round bye slot for the ECAC Hockey Tournament. Dartmouth and Clarkson are tied with uh, 31 points for that slot, but Dartmouth has the um, advantage over that, uh, having won the season series from uh, Clarkson. So they are the fourth seed as we talk here on Thursday. By the way, I should have, been doing the, should have done this at the top of the uh, podcast. Happy Leap Year Day. <laughs> I don't record a podcast too often on February 29th. Let's put it that way. But uh, now getting back to uh, Union, uh, as I said, they have a tough road. Uh, they have to go to Cornell. Uh, they lost to Cornell a couple weeks ago, 6-1 at Mesa. And, of course, the last time they were at Lina last season, 10-1 loss. Uh, Cornell scored six power play goals, five of them coming on a major power play in the uh, first period. Um yeah, they scored. Cornell scored six goals in that first period. The game was over at that point, um, and then it, it's just been a tough road for Union at line of rink recently. And then Colgate—that's uh, a team they've actually had better success in the new facility that uh, the Raiders have, class of 1965 arena, than they ever did at Star Rink. Uh, Union won there last year, and if you recall, Nick Young scored an unusual goal late in the second period, about a, you know, a couple seconds left in that period. Um, Faceoff was in the Colgate zone. Uh, Carter Gallander was pulled the goaltender for an extra attacker. Figured, you know, Donnie Vaughn figured give it a shot, try to get his goal, maybe to uh, tie it or something. It was like they won nothing at that point. And Union won a faceoff. Young shot it down the ice, and everything worked out perfectly. Went to the empty net before the uh, buzzer went off, and Union had a 2 nothing lead and ended up winning that uh, game 3-1. to one. Now, Union still has, a, still has a shot at a first-round bye, but uh, they can wrap up, uh, guarantee themselves home ice in the first round for next weekend, possibly Saturday. I think the game will be Saturday next week. They uh, could wrap up uh, home ice uh, you know, with either a, a win or if they don't win Friday, um, they got to hope that Yale and Princeton both do not win in regulation overtime or a shootout. So uh, 
Um, yeah, they have enough distance. I think it's four points right now. Um, they have it uh, on those two teams. So, um, so we'll see what happens there. It will be a lot to watch, a lot to uh, take in on Friday night. Uh, on Tuesday, there's media availability. Of course, we talked with um, head coach Josh Halgie on Wednesday, and that podcast is up if you want to listen to that. But let's hear from the players. Um, ben Tupker, former Cornell player. Uh, Colin Ferguson and Caden Viegas were at the uh, table on Tuesday at Mesa Rink. Hey guys, uh, last weekend of the uh, regular season, uh, still need uh, some points to at least clinch home ice in the first round. Uh, we still have a shot at the first round by, so and you have to go to Cornell and Colgate. So I mean, not too bit much of a task, is it? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, for everybody at this point in the year, there's a lot on the line. Um, our situation's no different, so um, just you know, like any other weekend, we're going into it um, hoping and expecting to get six points. So that's kind of our mindset for the weekend. Can Alma Ports at least secure home ice in the first round? Uh, yeah, obviously we love playing here and we got a great fan base, so um, it's huge. But our our mindset's on the next game and uh, grabbing that one at Cornell. So that's that's where we're focusing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, Keaton made, made a pretty good point there. Uh, you're thinking about playoffs and you want to get that first round by, but I think we just got to focus on one game at a time. Right now, we're thinking about Cornell, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, Task right now. Ben, you're as familiar with Line and Rink as anybody in, in this building. Is there anything you share with some of the younger guys as to what to expect, the experience? Um, no, not really. I think that, um, you know, we have a lot of guys who come from a lot of different uh, leagues and whatnot, and anywhere you play, there's going to be, you know, loud and uh, energetic environments. So it's not uh, anything that um, guys are unfamiliar with or whatnot. Obviously, the group of returners have played there a number of times. So um, I think it's just, you know, a fun atmosphere and we just got to embrace it. And um, yeah, like these guys touched on our goals, get the, the three points that night. Of course, the last time you were there was that 10-1 game where they got all those power play goals in the first period. Has that been talked about you know, so far? What do you have to do to you know, avoid that this time? Uh, I mean, last year's team was a completely different team than this year. So, um, you know, that game has no impact on what we're doing as a program today. Uh, you know, talking about the standings, how much do you guys kind of look at that over the weekend of, okay, who did watch? How much standing watch kind of is there throughout the, the weekend? So you can know what you're going to do, or is it more just we just got to go game by game? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it matters, but nothing matters more than us just getting the wins and helping ourselves out as much as we can. So, uh, like, we're not really worried about it. We're worried about ourselves and getting on a bit of a roll going into playoffs. I think that'll help us the most, so. Yeah, last time you played Cornell here, they you know, jumped out the four nothing lead. You guys, you know, played better after that. But what's the how important is it to get a, a good start against them? And they're also going to be coming on. They may be a little angry because of what happened up in the North County, only getting three points, and nearly only ended up with just one. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty obvious that we need to just attack them right away. I think we need to understand that we're a big team and we uh, we have a lot of skilled players and that we can just punch them right in the face right away. Like that's that's a massive goal. Like to just get it, get the first goal. Um, I think we can't sit back and just wait until we have the confidence to play with them. We have to play with them right away. And um, I think our group's gaining that. Um, Coach Howji's instilled that in us from day one, even on days that we didn't believe it. I think we need to take that and roll uh, roll into the weekend with it. How important is it to take a chip on your shoulders into a game like that to every game, but, but specifically this one for Friday night? Well, yeah, I mean, like you guys have all said that we're chasing for a bye uh, in the playoffs here. So to have that chip on your shoulder and be uh, thinking about that in the back of your mind is huge. 
I think constantly though we have a chip on our shoulder just to prove ourselves. Um, I think our coaches have instilled that in us from day one. And yeah, I think it's going to be huge going this weekend. There's a big announcement Monday uh, with the uh, break that's going to happen now. Uh, how thrilled are you guys with that? Uh, I think we've been told not to comment on the new rink. Okay. So. Yeah. You guys are going to be here for it. So. Yeah, yeah. No, not <laughs> It'll be cool to come back and see. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I love our rink. So, I mean, if I'm not getting to play in the new one, it'd be cool to see. But I love it here. I love the atmosphere. I love how loud it gets in our rink. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love the Mesa. Caden, so uh, on Mesa? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, the sound in here, the, the people that come, it – it's it's got its own feel to it and nothing else can duplicate that so uh that that's what makes me love playing here the most so just that man how would you compare mesa to linus i mean that line is obviously a crazy atmosphere and, and the noise there I mean, the same here so uh how would you compare the two uh yeah i think they're pretty comparable i think that like the cool part about our conference in general is just the the older buildings and kind of um, you know, the unique uh, rinks we get the chance to play in. And obviously, I think Mess and Line are right up there. So um, I think it's a good thing for us that our home rink is a huge advantage. And, and going into, you know, opposing buildings that are allowed isn't anything new for us. So, um, yeah, it's great to have this. Thanks, guys. I wanted to clarify a couple of things uh, I said earlier in the uh, podcast. The, um, the opening game of Union Hockey's uh, career in, in December of 1975 against the University of Ottawa was actually December 5th, not December 7th. December 5th falls on a Thursday this year, so maybe uh, Union, if they can schedule a game against the University of Ottawa, maybe do it on the, the 6th or the 7th. Also, the uh, Union men's game against Cornell on Friday night. The time has been changed. The game is now at 7.30. Um, Union uh, and Cornell 7.30 RPI and Colgate will also be a 7.30 start. Those changes were made because uh, the Cornell and Colgate women's hockey teams are hosting the uh, quarterfinals in the ECAC Hockey Women's Tournament. Uh, game one's on Friday for both uh, Cornell and Colgate start at 3 o'clock. Uh, Colgate is playing uh, Brown and uh, Cornell is hosting uh, Quinnipiac. So they do that, uh, move the, the, Union, the Union men's game and the RPI men's game up. Um, or back because of uh, you know, just you know, the safe side case the women's games go to overtime which is yeah, possible so uh, so 7.30 for the uh, men's games on Friday instead of 7 o'clock well, I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest in just a moment you're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast I'm Daily Gazette news columnist Andrew Waite and host of the Weighing In podcast, which takes you inside my award-winning featured news column by offering the backstory, thought process, and interviews that inform my work. Plus, readers have their chance to respond. The Weighing In podcast is available at dailygazette.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Union College baseball head coach John Muller. You're listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week two winner in the Daily Gazette's auto racing contest was Penny Ellis of Schuylerville with 45 points. Penny wins a $50 gift card. Congratulations, Penny. The VIP winner was Dwayne Leach of All Seasons Equipment with five points. The VIP guys are not doing well at the moment. I'll announce the auto racing contest winner's name, and that winner's name will appear in Saturday's Daily Gazette. To play, 
Go to dailygazette.com and click on the auto racing contest banner. Just because COVID-19 mandates are easing, that does not mean you should relax. Be vigilant. If you have not gotten vaccinated or received a booster shot, please do so. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, and do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Ben Tupker, Caden Villegas, and Colin Ferguson for being on the show. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on X and threads at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good hockey.